0: you are here today. Uh, we're, we're a church. We're a gathering of people that love Jesus, and we want to know and love Him more. We, we love the mission of Jesus in this world, and we want to live that out together. So, so we're a church. We're also a project, an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended for church to be. And so we don't have it all figured out. And we kind of make things up as we go, like this morning. Quite fun. We're going to say dilly dilly in church. We're going to wear our church project shirts. We're going to put pie in the face and we're going to have a great time. We're glad that you're here today. One of the things that we do is we do expository teaching, and so that means we go verse by verse through a book. We've been in Acts for an entire year. We're going to continue to walk through the book of Acts, and if you don't have a Bible today, if you would, just raise your hands and we'll bring a Bible to you, and that'll be our gift to you. What we're going to go through today is a huge passage. It is Acts chapter 10, verses 23 through 43. Acts chapter 10, verses 23 through 43. So I'll let you uh, have a minute to get there. And while you're getting there, I, I would like to um, introduce you to Matt Rule. Matt and Heather and family are joining us today. And Matt, if you want to come up here and join us. Matt Rule, um, if, you, if you don't know if you're new to Church Project, Matt Rule is a church planner of Church Project. And they started, when did you start North County? Yeah, so we
1: officially... Um Launched Church Project North County, kind of in the northern suburbs of Houston, uh, on March 4th of 2017, this year. So we're uh, coming up on a year old.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah congratulations. You, the, you, Heather and family were here, uh, you guys were here just about a year ago, about ready to launch, and you a few months away. How has the last year been, Matt? Yeah, so it's
1: <laughs> been, I'll tell you what, it's been really beautiful. And I'll tell you, church, uh, a year ago, almost to the date that we were here, getting a chance to see how church should be done right and we loved it we've, we' and, and I want you guys to know um, even though that many of you here we've probably never met you and your church and your pastor have had a profound impact on my life and the life of our church that there's a healthy thriving church in uh, North county of Houston because of your work and prayer and labor mm-hmm. and so I just want to say thank you for the influence that you guys have had on us so um we are about eight nine months in at this point and man god's doing great things we've got a lot of people that are meeting jesus a lot of people that are getting into house church and being discipled and uh we're getting involved with ministries locally and we just started work in haiti where you guys are working as well and so we love it um yeah I was in Haiti just a few weeks ago, meeting with all of our Church Project pastors there and spending some time with them. And it's just beautiful to be part of this network of Church Project, this family that we're, we're a long ways away from each other but we're with each other in spirit and we love each other and we're doing the same thing. We're laboring to be a church that Jesus wants us to be yeah. uh, and be faithful to his mission in this world.
0: Yeah. But do you guys have as cool a shirts as we do? Not even close. Okay, well Jeremy can help design you one as cool as this. So. We need some mountains. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah. we, we could put yeah. a mountain there the but nobody believes Scenery us. That would be fun to see on a shirt. We should <laughs> just line. It'd just be a line. That's it. <laughs> that and one pine great. tree because we're be in the great. north part of Houston. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I would say this one of the things i really love is that we have church projects projects in different parts of america and overseas but i get the opportunity sometimes to go to houston and went to yours last time we were down there so if you're ever traveling and you can make it try to make it to one of the church projects in matt and heather's church just north of houston that would be fantastic so um i have a question for you so you started in march yes not even a year old man. what can we pray for you like what i mean as Remember starting Church Project, people, this is hard stuff, and so not even a year old, how can we be praying for you, and how can we support you from afar?
1: Well, thank you for that. Well, I would say two of the greatest things that you could be praying for us right now is that, first of all, that we've had a great start, and so we've we've got a a gathering of people. that we, We look a lot like you guys do on a Sunday gathering, and we love that. But what we don't want to do is lose the passion for the people that aren't here yet. We want to continue to reach out, to connect, to bring in neighbors, co-workers, family, friend that need to hear the gospel, that need to meet Jesus and be in relationship with people. So I would say, first, pray for a passion for people that don't know Jesus, um, that we would be a part of helping bring them to faith. And then I, say, I think secondly to that would be that we would, as we grow, that we would also not just get bigger but get smaller, that we would also... Be in community together. That people would get into house church and learn to really not yeah. just attend church, but love each other and to be part of each other's lives. To give and sacrifice and serve one yeah. another, and that we would do that as well.
0: Well, you can pray for us in that same way, then as well. Yeah, How's that sound? That's absolutely church. Why don't you, if you, if you're willing to commit to pray for for Matt and Heather this next year, would you just put your hands up and just when when you remember them to to pray for them? Thank you very much. Thank you, church. What I'd like to do is invite Heather up as well and have Matt here. And if you feel led to come up and pray, why don't we surround them right now and put our put our hands on them and just pray a blessing over them, pray where they're at and where they're going, but why don't you come on up here and we'll pray, a few of us. I'll take this wonderful mic from you, Christina. Ryan Doherty's coming up, so he's going to be the official prayer voice, okay? How's that sound? Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Matt and Heather. Thank you very much. Love you guys.
2: Okay. Are you guys at the passage? I'm just gonna read it before Aaron jumps in. We're kinda jumping in the middle of the story here, so the next day Peter started out with them and some of the believers from Yopa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with. Or visit a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. But may I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour, at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Yopa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the providence of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country Of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that God is the one whom God appointed. Sorry, that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Father, I just thank you that your word is living and powerful. I thank you that it speaks to us in 2017. Dear Lord, I thank you for Aaron. I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak through him today and that the Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us. What we need to hear from your word, Lord, that is living and that can speak to us now today. I just ask all these things in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Christina. So if you would, let's, let's look at this huge, huge passage that we have going so big that I had to print it out on my big print sheet up here. Um, this is a big patch passage, and I was really contemplating how far we're going to get in and study this thing. And, it, and God really opened up some really cool things that I was seeing in this passage. So my prayer is that as you sit here today, though I'm going to highlight different parts of what I think God has for church project, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit, right where you're sitting, right now, We'll be showing you some really cool things about this message and this passage in your life. That's the wonderful thing about Christianity. That's the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit, if we allow Him, will speak to us, personalize the message to us every moment of every day. So that's my prayer for you. If you would, let's open it up and look at verse 23. In verse 23, it says, The next day Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Yopa went along. So as Christina said, we we start in the middle of the story, and if you were to pick it up and and read before and kind of read after what happens, is Peter is in the middle of the game changing completely for him. Like Peter, the good Jewish man that's following all rules and customs, just a few verses earlier received this vision from God, a sheet coming down with all sorts of animals on it. Some clean and unclean according to their tradition of how they would eat food. And a voice of God said, there is nothing unclean. And Peter began to realize that as a Jewish person, the way that he lived his life, the way that he thought, the way that he interacted with Gentiles specifically was completely changing. God was taking this message that was just his and just the way that he knew it and began opening it up to the world at large. And so that's what's happening over here in in Peter's world. Simultaneously, we have this man, Cornelius, and, and God had appeared to him and said, there's a man, Peter, who I'm freaking out over here. I want you to go send men, grab him, and bring him back to your house because I have an incredible message for you and your family. So that's the story that leads up to this. And right here in verse 23, the next day Peter started out with them and some of the believers from Yopa went along. If you want to read a little bit further in chapter 11, you're going to find out that Peter took with them some men, six exactly, six men went with him and he knew that this message and what he was about to do was going to cause problems with his Jewish friends. He knew that he was about to go to the house of a Gentile man, and that's against the customs. He knew what he was about to do. And I think Peter was actually a really good leader. He's like, well, if we're getting in this, we're all getting into this. Like, it's not just going to be me. He took six men with him along so that there would be witnesses that he wouldn't be alone in the journey. That's just good leadership. He, he just had good leadership. I have learned and I've come to learn the power of plurality of leadership. When something is left for me to do and for me alone to make the decision, it's not going to go well all the time. When you can get brilliant men and get brilliant women around you to make a decision and move together, that's one of the things I love about Church Project, is it's not the Aaron Haven show. I love at Church Project that so many different people are involved in making this body making the huge level decisions, all the way down to the smallest detail. I love that we are a body moving together. So when I read verse 23, I'm real excited that Peter didn't go to everyone else and all the brothers and sisters, you know what, I got this. I'm going to go over here and do this. I love that he took people with him. He had community, and Jeremy often calls it his tribe. Like he had a tribe of people that he was doing life with. So we see that in verse 23. I want to look, and I'm not going to read every verse and go through every verse. Christina did a wonderful job. I would have been out of breath, so thank you, Christina, for doing that. I want to look at little blocks of sections of Scripture. And I want to look at verse 23 through 27. And I want to highlight this. And I want to emphasize some things because this is really what stood out to me, okay? The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Yopa went along. The following day he arrived in Caesarea, Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up, stand up, he said, I am only a man myself. While people, uh, while talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. If I look at verse 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, and I look at that right there, and I look at the story of that, is this what you expect on Sunday mornings when you come to Church Project? Do you expect when you show up on Sunday mornings that God is going to move? Do you expect on Sunday mornings You come expectant. You invite your friends and family. Cornelius invited his friends and family. They were expectant because Peter was about to come with a word. They were expectant. And there was a lot of people there. I want to ask us, do you come Sunday mornings into your house, churches, and your life? Do you live it that God will show up? Do you live expectant? So you come expectant. You invite your friends and family to this wonderful gym. By the way, we'll start playing basketball. It's going to be fun. That's your job. Peter's job was to be obedient and to show up. I feel like that's my job, and the people that are speaking on Sunday morning is to be obedient, to be hearing a message over here, while Cornelius and his friends and family are expectant. They think God is going to do incredible things. Peter is obedient to go and to show up. That's my job, to be obedient and to speak to large crowds of people, and we are all expectant that the Holy Spirit is going to move. Amen? Amen? No longer can we just sit back at Church Project like we ever have. But no longer can we just sit at Church Project and come for a good show. No longer can we just come in here and see what Aaron Havens is going to do and teach. No longer can we just come and worship with the wonderful band. No longer can we just be in the patterns of our everyday life. No. Cornelius invited his friends and family and they were expectant that Peter was going to show up with the word from God. Are we the same in our life? God's moving people. He's moving in powerful ways. One of the things I love about our imagos is that it takes, it takes small objects, like the coat. Thank you, Lauren, for showing us that. It takes small objects and reminds us how big is God is in those objects. We can expect to see God every day and every moment of our entire being. The Holy Spirit is moving and guiding, and I, for one, am expectant that He will move in our life. That He will continue to move in our church. Amen. We better move on. Uh, I want to move down to verse thirty. Cornelius answered. Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour, at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me. Did you did you did you see that? Like. What he was doing was he was at his house, he was praying. Some other versions say fasting as well, like he was doing something. And so was it because he was praying that he heard from God? Was it because he was praying and fasting that God showed up and and spoke? We've seen this and we've asked this questions before, but I wonder if he was just going about his day, just whatever, just living life, not really praying, not really thinking about God, if God would have moved in his life and family as big as he did. But you see, and I asked the question, was it because he was praying that he heard from God? And he's expectant. My prayer times lately are really, really messed up. What, what do your prayer times look like? My, my prayer times look a lot like a sunrise. That's it. I don't know why. Maybe because it's getting darker, wait, lighter earlier. That's what I wanted to say. So I'm actually up during sunrises now. So my wife leaves and my dog is begging me to go on a walk. And so we go on a walk and that's about the sunrise. And that's been awesome prayer time for me lately. Really kind of messed up. It's not structured at all. It's just God and me talking as we walk. And I'm expecting that God's going to do some incredible things in my life. And I'm expecting that God's going to show me and our family some awesome things in our life. And I wonder if Cornelius, as he was praying in his ritualistic way, And doing whatever he was going to do if he was expecting that God was going to show up in his everyday life. So there's verse 30. Um, Let's go to verse 33. By the way, this is a really good passage for you as house churches to really talk about. Because there's no way I can talk about all these verses. I'm just giving us highlights, okay? So on verse 33, it says, So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Do you think Peter in this moment, as he has been told by God, you're going to go into a Gentile house and I have a message for you. And he travels and he shows up and he finds a crowd of people expectant. And he tells them, no, I'm not God, I'm just a man. Get up, like I got a message for you. Do you think in this moment, Peter was like, oh, snap. (sighs) This is what Jesus said was going to happen when I was in the boat. When he called me, he said, Peter, I will make you fishers of men. Do you think at that moment, he was like, that's what he meant. He's, He's using me even more than I thought. Like, I thought, I'm a good Jewish person. This is what I do. Fish, I'm talented, good looking, all this stuff. But do you think in that moment when he entered in that house and he found a bunch of Gentile people, which he's not even supposed to be in, they're supposed to be not clean, do you think he walks in in that moment when they were expectant to hear the message, he's like, that's what Jesus meant. He told me this was going to happen in my life when he said, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Cool to see that happen, right? So cool to see that happen. I will make you fishers of men. Ah. Peter's going, God, I I see what you're doing here. I can see way back in my past, and I can see how you moved and you told and you said, and I can see it coming to reality right now in my life. God, I see what you're doing right here. You're moving yesterday for today. I can think of a thousand illustrations God has done in my life, and I bet you can as well. One of the illustrations is two crazy people in this room, Jerry and Julia Shida. I didn't know that way back then in third grade, as I almost cut my hand off with the saw and we burnt Jerry's garage down, and I got stitches in my head from a basketball hoop at a church camp, and on and on we can go. Like, I didn't know that those third grade stories right there were going to mix to Jerry and Julie kids and all that stuff. Now, we're in Greeley, Colorado years later, and Jeremy and Jared, their sons, and Jade, are at Church Project Greeley in Greeley, Colorado, and fantastic people with their wives and kids and husband. And you see, I didn't know that third grade was going to lead to Church Project today. And I'm so thankful that it has. And I'm so thankful for the other Ordway peeps in here. Ordway, Crowley County Chargers, go! thankful that i somewhat learned how to operate a backhoe while building roads in gunnison colorado only years later to find me in mexico with a bulldozer no one knew how to run thankful for that peter oh snap, told me i was gonna be fisher man now he's given the message beyond even the jewish people he's given it to the world In your life, think back even right now, what are those moments where you're like, God, (laughs) I didn't know you were doing it, but man, you did it, and you did it awesome. Good job. I'm expectant that whatever I've experienced, by the way, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I'm expectant that all that's going to be brought to completion. And that you're doing awesome things in my life. Isn't that a good message? And what time is it? Oh, my goodness. Should I stop? No. Oh, man, but the next one's really good. Okay, uh, I'll, ro- I'll rock through this, but th- I think this is the biggest portion of the entire passage is in verse 34, 35, okay? E- e- let, me, let me read verse 34 and 35 because I think this, this, is, this is the message today, okay? Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. I think this is the whole central point of all the verses that we've read right here. The ESV version, this is an NIV that I just read. If you read, read in the ESV version, you're going to read, it, it says, shows no partiality instead, instead of not show favoritism. And when you read shows no partiality, one of the commentarians that I read a lot is Rob Utley, and he says this about that phrase right there, which is shows no partiality. This is what Robert Utley says. He says, in the Old Testament phrase, this phrase, shows no partiality, literally means to lift the face. To lift the face. Why is this important? Because in Hebrew courts, the defendants kept their heads bowed so that the judge would not recognize the person and therefore be biased in his results. When you think of that, and you think of that phrase, and Peter is basically saying, Lift your faces. He is saying that God shows no partiality to the human race. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter where you've come from. God is looking at every single one of us. He shows no partiality. He says, lift your face, my child. I love you. I've done incredible things in your past that are going to be incredible things in your future. And I love you regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you've experienced. I'm in control and I love you. I show no partiality. You can't earn any more love, no matter how good you are, where you've come from, you can't earn any more love. I love you. Romans 2, chapter 11 says this, for God does not show favoritism. Multiple times you can go on a study of an, on your own this week about favoritism and partiality and how God loves regardless this is the capital C church. One body part, right right here. Many parts, one body. This is the capital C church that God has taken this message from the Jewish people and he's opened it up to the Gentiles and to the world. Every single one of us can lead an aspect of us. Every single one of us can lead an aspect of us, of church. This silly little video I showed you earlier with the kids and the pie in the face and how Carl Bryson brilliantly got his pie to go to Peter's face with a $5 bribe, that was awesome. Did you pay up? You better have it up, bro. It's in your pocket. Okay. You better pay interest on that one. That's simply because the Permans decided to have a Halloween party and there was community. Every single one of us can lead a portion of who we are and what we do. Don't wait for permission to lead a church project. Lead us. Like, lead us. Invite us. Men. Jeremiah, where is our fire pit party right away? Come on, bro. Uh, every man points at Jeremiah and said, remember when you committed two weeks ago? Come on, bro. Where is our man party? Okay. I'm... I'm I now realize, Peter says, I now realize in verse 34 how true it is that God does not show favoritism. He is not partial, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. This is also a message that we, the Church of America and America, desperately needs to hear. All you need to do is watch the the World Series to know that we have something in our world that is not good. We are not colorblind. America needs this realization that any ethnic or racial prejudices or tensions must be eliminated. And our church should be the ones leading the charge, saying we will not put up against any ethnic or racial prejudices. God does not show favoritism. He is not partial. We are all sons and daughters. Regardless of our color of skin, regardless of where we come from, God loves us and is not partial. All nations under God is what I read. All nations under God. So this is what we say. Hello, brothers and sisters. Hello. I love you. Side note, who wrote Acts and Luke? Luke. This is a, who was what? A Gentile. So can you see why he's highlighting this in such a big way? God has found him. Side note. I'll rock it through. I'm seeing our time. In the next, from 36 all the way through 41, you begin to see plain and simple gospel message. Peter has one thing to say. He shows up and he presents a gospel message. He talks about Jesus and who Jesus is and what he's done and how that affects us as humans and partial brothers and sisters, Jews and Gentiles, and to the world at large. Then we get down to verse 42 and verse 43. After the plain and simple gospel message in verse 42, he says, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin through his name. And so he comes and he says, we are the ones that he commanded us to preach and to teach and to testify. In verse 42 and verse 43, which reminds me, and I'll end with this verse, of Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. And this is a prophet. Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. And the prophet speaking about this message, this is what he says, and this is our charge, church. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, the prophet writes. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. And we can continue in Isaiah 61. I encourage you to. But I want to drill this down home to us right now. Would you accept this message and would you accept this challenge in your life? God has moved heaven and earth for you. He's desperately, madly in love with you. Yes, even your faults. He's continually drawing you closer to Him. He's making you more like Him every day. We already see how Peter, the game changed for Peter, and he took the message to the world, which is why we're recipients of this love message of God. And if your life has been changed, And if you find any hope in this gospel message, if you find any love from God in your heart, how can you not be compelled to go and tell? And to show. And to drive backhoes. And to give coats to kids at school. And to sell homes. To do whatever you do. You do it the best that you can all as a tool because you're compelled. And you're compelled to what, church? Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. My prayer over us. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. It's upon us. Because the Lord has anointed me, he's anointed us to bring good news to the poor. Amen? He has sent me to bind up the broken hearted. to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. God, I pray in this place right now that if there's any of us that we feel poor, brokenhearted, or captive, or bound up, that today would be the day that we call on your name, we surrender control of our life to you, and ask you to move, to show us who you are, to show us who we are in you. So, God, in this place, I pray right now, and the Holy Spirit would speak to every one of us. That God would meet you where you're at. That He would heal. That He would encourage. And maybe, even in light of this passage, maybe there's some prejudices we have in our own lives. God, would you crush those? Would you crush those in us? May we be a people known as love and as acceptance to the world. Regardless of where someone is or what they look like or where they've come from, God, may we be sons and daughters, period. Search our hearts, God. Make us more like you. Thank you for calling us. May we live our lives expecting that you're going to bring the good news. Church, if you would, let's stand. I want to pray a blessing over you today. Receive this blessing. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over your people today. I pray that you would bless them, that you would keep them, make your face to shine upon them, be gracious to them pray that you would give them your peace and that your kingdom would come and your perfect will would be done on earth as it is in heaven and all of God's people said